have a very uh, scientific method approach. We, we have an hypothesis and with the team, we develop a way of testing our hypothesis in the most efficient way. I see how we can really focus in the core principal question that we want to answer. And we set a plan the how we can do it the fastest and the, with the less resources. We, we follow a lot of ethical guidelines, but we are very focused in terms of okay, how we can have the first in human. And we really are very close to, to the experience and we learn and iterate fast. Welcome to MedSider, where you can learn from the brightest founders and CEOs in medical devices and health technology. Join tens of thousands of ambitious doers as we unpack the insights, tactics, and secrets behind the most successful life science startups in the world. Now, here's your host, Scott Nelson. Hey everyone, it's Scott. In this episode of MedSider, I sat down with Dr. Alberto Rodriguez Navarro, CEO of Levita Magnetics. Not only is he a skilled surgeon, but a medtech visionary with multiple patents to his name. Today, Dr. Alberto is the driving force behind Levita, a startup aiming to make surgical procedures as minimally invasive as possible with their advanced magnetic technology. Here are a few of the key things that we discussed in this conversation. First, prioritize the scientific method from the beginning. Focus on effectively forming and testing your hypotheses. Begin with an MVP, gather real feedback, and then improve it in the most capital efficient way. Second, transitioning from clinician to a startup demands adopting a different mindset. Trust your abilities, but be receptive to feedback. Before delegating responsibility, dive into the roles yourself, as Dr. Rodriguez did by becoming Levita's first sales rep. Third, think like the FDA. Both the entrepreneur and the FDA share the same goal, creating and validating a safe and effective product. Adopting this mindset will help you recognize the constraints of those on the other side of the regulatory table. Before we jump into this episode, I wanted to let you know that the latest edition of MedSider Mentors is now live. Volume 4 summarizes the key learnings from the most popular MedSider interviews over the last several months with folks like Rob Ball, CEO of Shoulder Innovations, Kate Rumroll, CEO of Ablative Solutions, Dr. Christian Ramdo, CEO of Tempa Health, and other leaders of some of the hottest startups in the space. Look, it's tough to listen or read every MedSider interview that comes out, even the best ones. But there are so many valuable lessons you can glean from the founders and CEOs that join our program. So that's why we decided to create MedSider Mentors. It's the easiest way for you to learn from the world's best medical device and health technology entrepreneurs in one central place. If you're interested in learning more, head over to MedSiderRadio.com forward slash mentors. Premium members get free access to all past and future volumes. And if you're not a premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. In addition to every volume of MedSider Mentors, you'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. You'll also be able to see all of our playbooks, which are hand-picked collections of the most insightful interviews with the brightest founders and CEOs. Whether you're looking to master capital fundraising, navigate early stage development, tackle regulatory challenges, understand reimbursement, or position your venture for a meaningful exit, MedSider Playbooks have you covered. And last, considering that fundraising can be one of the most daunting tasks for any startup, we created a meticulous database of investors right at your fingertips. Explore a wealth of VC funds, private equity firms, angel groups, and more, all eager to invest in medical device and health technology startups. Access to this database is a premium member exclusive, so don't miss out. Learn more about MedSider Mentors and our premium memberships by visiting MedSiderRadio.com forward slash mentors. Again, that's MedSiderRadio.com forward slash mentors. All right, without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. All right, Dr. Alberto, uh, welcome to MedSider Radio. Appreciate you coming on. 
Thank you very much for having me here. Yeah, and I, I know uh, you're a full-on MD, but uh, for the sake of the conversation to keep this informal, I'll, I'll call you uh, Alberto throughout the rest of the interview here, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I prefer that. I prefer that. All right, sounds good. Well, I uh, I recorded a bio for the listeners kind of at the outset of this uh, this episode. Um, let's start with um, kind of your elevator pitch for your professional journey leading up to you know founding, operating um, uh, Livida as the CEO. Yeah, well, I am a minimally invasive surgeon turned entrepreneur. I, I worked almost 10 years in the clinical practice. Uh, I was the chief of the ambulatory surgical unit of, of my hospital. And also I've been involved in research, mostly pain research. So, so that's what my previous past before I decided to, to stop my clinical practice, move to the Bay Area and start, start Levita. Okay, got it. And we're recording this in Q3 of 2023. And it looks like you started uh, Levita about a little over 10 years ago now. Is that about yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, almost 10 years. I mean, in the first years, I still was kind of like in the clinical practice and also starting the company. Only in the company, I would say like around like eight, nine years. Got it. Got it. Okay, very good. Um, Let's call it just for the sake of rounding, almost a decade in at this point. And I think you're yes. uh, you recently announced a 510k clearance. So uh, congrats on that. And certainly we'll get into that in more detail here uh, throughout the rest of the conversation. Begin a little bit, set the stage, I guess, um, not go too far into the weeds, but give us kind of an overview of the of the technology and sort of how, how the, the origin story, I guess, and how, how it sort of came to be. Yeah. I mean, we have a very unique and disruptive approach. Uh, we're combining magnets and uh, I mean, we started developing dynamic man- magnetic retraction. That is a, is a fundamental technology in order to make surgery less invasive. That is mostly using magnets in order to do the procedures. And now we combine that with machines in order to always bring more value, how we can make the surgeons more effective, more and more efficient in terms of providing better surgeries and for more patients. Our technology is aimed to bring benefits to the patient in terms of like uh, less pain, faster recovery, like a less invasive procedure, less scars. Also bringing benefit to the surgeon to give it more control. If you have more control, um, better visualization, you can be more effective in terms of doing the procedure because you are in control. And also for, for us, it's important to bring value to the providers, to the, to the hospitals, to the surgical uh, centers, because we reduce the, the need of so many people in the OR. So we bring savings in that way. And also we provide um, a better patient experience because it's less invasive, less pain. So it's a very kind of compelling value proposition for for these three stakeholders. Got it, got it. And I'm on your site now, uh, levita.com. If you're following along and don't get to the full um, summary write-up for this particular conversation, it's levita.com. You can learn a little yeah. bit more about um, the, the system that, that Alberto just described. But if, I, if I'm understanding this right, you've got sort of like this idea of, of magnetic surgery, which I'd, yes. I'd love to learn a little bit more about because um, um, yeah. it seems super interesting. But are you, if I understand this right, are you combining that with um, almost like a robotics platform to them? Yeah, I mean, the okay. first we developed the, the magnetic component uh, the story is very interesting because the, the origin is based on these magnets that you use for, for cleaning the, the kind of water tanks. When, when I was a kid, I have like a turtle, this kind of like sea turtles, and we have a magnet that you put inside and another magnet that you put outside of the, of the glass and you kind of clean it. So the basic component is that it's kind of how you can do something inside of the cavity without damaging the, the wall. So that's how it started. And, um, we developed the first the first product. We create a new category in the FDA. Uh, we launched that product. Uh, we we realized that, that we bring the clinical benefit mostly in, by the reduction of incisions because incisions are the one who 
are mostly related to pain after the, the procedure. So you reduce the, the incisions, you reduce pain, you reduce the use of, uh, of pain medications as opioids and all the side effects. So it's, it's a much better post-operatory time for the patient. And in this first launching of the product, we figured it out that if we combine these with, with machines, with kind of um, arms that can be moved by, by the surgeon, you can start bringing more value. It's a better way of moving the magnets. You can also add visualization to control the visualization. And you realize that you start going in that way and you give control to the surgeon and you reduce the need of, a, of an assistant. So, so that's why how we got the idea of developing the full Mars platform. And also I can tell you that this is another stepping stone. We have a very a strong pipeline of new products that we, we are developing also based in the same concept. So, so this is just another, another step in our journey. Got it. Got it. That's super helpful. And MARS stands for Magnetic Assisted Robotic Surgery. Is that the acronym? Yeah, we, we, we are also, we want to bring some new stuff. We have the trademark MARS. Uh, we want to yeah. probably make some tweaks about it. But, but <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it. Okay, so you got, you got, yeah, stay tuned. You got, you got, got more coming is, is kind of uh, uh, is, is what it sounds like. So if you can, let's pretend I'm, you know, a, a ninth grader, you know, a freshman in high school. Can you give me like a high level or a, a basic understanding of how magnets actually like help, help prevent, you know, trauma to the vessel wall? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you do the surgery, the basic concept, if you need kind of like traction, contra-traction, and then kind of like being able to see and do the procedures, it's kind of a mechanical process. So for that, you have to get access to the abdominal cavity. In the early developments of surgery, what we did is like a big incision, and you have kind of direct access to the organs with your hands. You save the patient, but with a very high metabolic cost in terms of the damage that you are making in order to get to the organs. This evolves in the 80s in laparoscopic surgery that actually they changed that big incision for mostly four or five incisions where you put a camera, you put different instruments, kind of like your two hands of the surgeon, kind of like a little bit of like a, like a fork and a, and a knife, and also some instruments just to create the surgical feel. It's very well documented that this less damage in the abdominal wall is the big benefit of laparoscopic uh, surgery. So in that trend, the idea is um, reducing even more the damage that you produce in the patient, the, the incisions. But there's a point that you start compromising the, the capability of the surgeon to do the movements. And that's, that's where uh, magnets are a very transformational solution, are a very elegant way that if you deploy one instrument inside of the cavity, and then you can move it with an external magnet, you can create very effective uh, movements that enable the surgeon to perform the procedure without compromising the capability of movement, you see? So, got it, got it. Yeah, I see. So that, I'm starting to understand. Yeah, so so that's how that's where you're kind of able to tell the story around less incisions, right? Yes. And less trauma inside the uh, sort of the, the 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 body cavity is is being able to to manipulate sort of the the mechanical movement of those those yes. instruments with the magnets. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, that's yes, super and, helpful. Yeah, and actually, with the first product, we we have clinical data. I mean, there's a very nice study, well conducted by Duke University, that demonstrate that reducing the number of incisions in bariatrics procedures actually is linked to less pain, shorter length of stay, and also there's a trend of less use of opioids. So, so we have data to back up what we are saying. Got it. Okay. Levita, were you, were you the first company to kind of sort of pioneer this, this movement in, in magnetic surgery? Yes. That's, Got it. That's okay. It. Very I mean, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Cause th this is a, a domain that I'm not overly familiar with. So, uh, 
in research leading up to this conversation, kind of hearing about it for the first first time. But you guys are the kind of the the, the leaders in the space. Yes, yes. We're Got the it. first company in the world. We create the new category in the FDA. So yeah, we own the trademark magnetic surgery. So yeah, we're the first ones. Got it. Cool. Very good. And I mentioned um, the, the recent 510K clearance for the Mars platform. Yes. Um, so are you actively commercializing the, the system now? Okay, wh wh where's the company at in terms of like development? It sounds like you've got a lot more in the pipeline and on the on the development roadmap, but are you, you commercializing the, the platform now? We just got the FDA clearance a couple of days ago. So <laughs> we're in the process of, yes, preparing everything. We're preparing the, the first cases here. Uh, in the US. So stay tuned, stay tuned. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. Yeah, well, if you de we'll definitely link to uh, Levita's site in the, in the full summary write up on, on MedSider for this conversation. So uh, you can find it there. But if you don't make it to that, uh, that write up, it's levita.com, L E V I T A.com, levita.com. Yeah. And you can learn a little bit more about the technology and, and follow, yeah. follow yeah. along, you know, uh, in terms of what, you know, what's next for the for the company's journey. Yeah, the name um, is coming from uh, levitation. I mean, actually, if you can really balance the magnetic forces, you can make levitate the instrument. That is very uh, cool. And so <laughs> that's the name where it's come from. So got it. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's always fun to hear about some of these some of the origin stories. Not 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 just about the technology, but the also the, the naming of the company <laughs> and the and the particular product. So, uh, with that said, let, let's go back in time and we'll learn a little bit more about not only the journey, right, building and, and, and getting levitated this this far, but also kind of just some key lessons that you you've learned along the way. And so, with that said. You kind of walked us through sort of the evolution, right? Starting with the introduction of magnetic surgery, now to the full-on Mars platform. When you think about like the early days, right? I'm sure that the Mars system looks vastly different now versus it versus what it did, you know, you know, even even probably you know three, four, five years ago. What do you think are some of the biggest lessons that you learned about you know trying to be as capital efficient as possible in the in those early development life cycles of of, of your uh, your company? Yeah, that's a very good question and I, I would say that how we approach it here in the company uh, we have a very kind of like uh, scientific method approach we we have an hypothesis and with the team we develop a way of testing our hypothesis in the most efficient way I see how we can really focus in the core principal question that we want to answer and we set a plan you know the how we can do it the fastest and the, with the less uh, resources. So, so that's how we approach everything. We have also a model that we conduct a human clinical kind of like clinical cases early on. I mean, we, we follow a lot of ethical guidelines, but we, we are very focused in terms of, okay, how we can have the first in human. And we really are very close to, to the experience and we learn and iterate fast. So I would say that that's a kind of approach be very focused in just the key questions, the key fundamentals that we want to answer. And we are kind of like laser focused because it's very easy to try to add more things. And we keep the team very focused in what we want to answer and develop experience. And then we improve in terms of the experience that we are getting. Got it. That, that approach to, to trying to um, sort of uh, fast track towards first in human work, yes. right? Yes. Most, I think most entrepreneurs, um, life science kind of med tech entrepreneurs that are listening to this understand the business rationale, right? That's a clear yes. value inflection point for any, any, any startup uh, to get to that point. But it sounds like, yes, you understood that, but you also wanted to sort of validate the technology as well as early as possible in, in, in an actual, you know, patient or in, in, in a, in human data. Was that kind yeah. of the, the, the case? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's correct. I mean, I mean, what drives us out in Levita is, is bringing value. And mm -hmm. how we see business is that you charge some amount of money 
lower than the value that you bring. So meanwhile, mm. you bring more value, you charge more. <laughs> That's kind of like the, <laughs> the basic understanding of, of what we're doing. So for us, is, is the value creation is, the, is our driver. Um, as you might also be aware, many things that works in the preclinical studies when you use it in patients, it doesn't work. That doesn't translate well, especially in surgery. There's uh, many things that you can test in, in, in preclinical models when you really want to use it in a real OR environment. It's different. They didn't perform well. So that's why we have a very kind of like focused plan in order to get to first in human and conduct a lot of clinical experience. And because the idea is develop a safe product that works. And the only way that you can really test that is, is in, in clinical clinical experience. Got it. S- super helpful. When you think about, you know, you, we, we talked a little bit, you know, you hinted at this robust kind of pipeline inside the, inside the company. When you think about the next development program for Levita, there, is there anything that you're, you do differently, I guess, you know, now versus maybe, you know, five to 10 years ago when you first started the company? Yeah, I mean, what we do now is uh, we take the time uh, before really kind of uh, putting too much resources in, in the huge kind of pipeline that we have. We put the, the kind of basic technology, we see this as our minimum viable kind of product in hands of, of surgeons, and we stay very close to them. Mm-hmm. And we really challenge our ideas. We are very say, eager for asking for uh, real feedback. Uh, we tell them, don't show or coat the thing, kind of like really <laughs> tell them the truth, <laughs> what we can do better. Because at the end, as, as I mentioned, our mission is, is how we can make the surgeons be better. I mean, how we, they can do more, how they can do better. And the only way that you can really understand that is giving them a minimum viable product that, that is safe, that works, and then understanding what are their needs and then figure it out in our pipeline what fulfills that need. Mm-hmm. And w- one of the things that we've uh, we've talked about quite a bit on this program with other other uh, you know medtech uh, founders and CEOs is this this idea of creating a, a, an MVP right a minimum viable yes. product yes. that's good enough and able to it, it, so you're able to kind of demonstrate that or get at least get it in the hands of of your end yes. users um, from your perspective how how have you kind of balanced that right that I the idea of having something that's maybe doesn't look the prettiest yes. but it accomplishes kind of what you need at this particular stage versus something that you know, that, that maybe would, um, I guess, uh, give you sort of a, either a false positive or a, 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 a false negative, right? Because, you know, the, the system, you know, just isn't where it's at before, you know, getting in the hands of, you know, of, of, of surgeons or, or physicians. Yeah, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> and I would say that I have two advices. Well, the yeah. first one, we work with early adopters, with, okay. with people who understand that this is now, but this is how we, we will look in the future. And the other trick that we do is is we do a lot of like 3D animations, kind of like mm-hmm. very nice and polished animations that we we play a little bit on like, okay, yeah, it looks like this now, but look how it will look in the future. Kind of like we don't expect that they imagine it. We kind of like give them a little bit of a of a visual for the future. So that yeah. that also helps us say, okay, yeah. I know that it looks ugly, but it will look like that in the future. So yeah, that, that, that's that's great stuff. I mean, we're laughing about it, but those are really that's really great advice, right? Is and and I think yeah, to your first answer about just making sure that you're working with you know early adopters, physicians that hopefully understand that they've been around, they've worked with enough you know early stage startups to understand like, hey, this they can sort of overcome sort of the, maybe the, the appearance or kind of the, the look and feel in order to kind of like best answer you know what you're trying to. The questions yeah. you're trying to solve for now, um, yeah. but I love that. I love the, the fact about like, hey, you can follow that up with a nice looking render, right? To yes. showcase kind of, <laughs> hey, this is the direction, this is the vision, 
yeah. give us, you know, another six months, another year or whatever. It's going to look like this, but Hey, we want your feedback on this, this kind of yeah. alpha version right now. It's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. also I'm, I'm going to the back to the topic of the early adopters. Mm-hmm. It's also, it's very common that sometimes you talk with an investor and they say, hey, you know, my auntie is a pediatric surgeon and she's 80 years old and I asked her about your technology mm-hmm. and she has some questions. So, I mean, be careful with kind of really say, okay, it's good that your auntie is, I don't know, 80 years old, great, but let's focus on the early adopters because they are really ones who can who can see where this technology is going so so that's also another advice that be careful to fall in the trap that they bring you some kind of third parties that are yeah. not really people who can who have the vision to see where you are going so yeah yeah no that's really that's really good stuff let's transition a little bit um it's kind of like the, i guess maybe the the opposite side of the coin here in that 10 years right you know practicing yeah. medicine and, and then transition to you know um you know medtech entrepreneur yeah. there's a lot of um you know not only physicians but also you know phd's too coming out of kind of the world of academia that want to take a swing at, 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 a, at a startup that are listening likely listening to this conversation. So when you think about that transition, anything stand out that worked either really well for you in that transition or, you know, alternatively, you know, anything that you maybe you you do differently, you know, if you had to reset the clock? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good question too. And I would say that the first advice is uh, you have to leave your ego behind. Mm. I'm talking as a surgeon, you know, that surgeon has very big big ego because, I mean, you need it in order to, you you have the, the responsibility of taking someone someone's life in your hands when you're doing a surgery so you have to be really confident in yourself but but i mean when you are entering in this stage of being an entrepreneur you really are a lot of things that you don't know so you really need to leave your ego behind and have like a a a position that you are you have to be constantly learning in my case i would say one of the most difficult things to that i have to understand is, is that sales is really difficult um, I mean, you as a surgeon, you are always with the rep uh, in the side and you kind of like, I mean, it's not that really that you really understand. And for example, with the first product, I was the first rep of the company. So Duke was our first customer. So I, I moved to North Carolina and uh, uh, in purpose, I, I was the first uh, rep of the company. It's super hard. They treat you very, very harsh and, and you really have to develop sales uh, mindset. Uh, and, and I would say that probably, I mean, talking with other entrepreneurs, kind of like the sales mentality is, is the one that is, is harder to to develop. That's that's really that's really good 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 point. Yeah, because there's a lot of a lot of um you know other founders and CEOs, they often come from more of a scientific kind of engineering yes. background, clinical background, right? And don't, you know, that that sort of the uh the salesmanship, right? Um not only convincing stakeholders, but also, you know, convincing investors, convincing other people to kind of join join your mission. It's it's a uh, so sort of all, all salesmanship at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, and at the end, sales, you see, is, is like communicating, kind of like it's per, uh, how you uh, make someone make something because you provide some some information or some some benefit for them in the future. So I, I would recommend to everybody who, who really want to take this seriously to, to sell, to sell the products. Mm-hmm. I mean, go there. Talk with the customers and do the exercise because it's hard. I mean, convincing people of, especially of new things, is difficult. But I mean, it's, it's I would say it's key in our in our in our industry. Yeah, no doubt. And you, you mentioned kind of leaving your ego ego behind. You know, one of the one of the uh, physicians that that we work with at Fast Wave and fortunate to have on our uh, advisor team is Dr. Peter Schneider, a vascular mm-hmm. surgeon. Still practices um, to this day, but it's kind of a serial serial entrepreneur. He, um, was a founder of Intact Vascular, which sold to to uh, to Philips, 
um, another founder uh, of, of Cajun Vas- Vascular. He's got another startup I think that he's working on. But anyway, he, he's like super experienced, right? Has a, has a ton of uh, really, really phenomenal track record, ton of uh, ton of domain expertise, et cetera. But is like one of the most humble guys that I know, right? And I, I got to think that, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's, you know, a little bit more his character anyway, but I'm, I'm sure that's, that's, uh, you know, that's worked extremely well for him, right? Over the, over the course of his career is, you know, is, is, is kind of uh, taking on a little bit more of a, a humble sort of attitude as he approaches, you know, projects to, to, to work on. So. Yeah. See, the, yeah. the trick is, is that you have to really believe in you. You have hmm. to be really kind of like trust what your evaluation of, of the market, of the new approach, it's uh, feasible and, and will work. But in the flip side, you don't have to leave your ego kind of block you of, of feedback. So, so it's, it's a fine balance that, that you have to trust in yourself, but not permit to new comments or, or how to improve it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love, I love the fact that you brought up the, that, that you were the first, you, you were the first sales rep, right? Yes. <laughs> for, for the company, you, yes. start, you know, uh, physician started the company, founded the company, CEO, but still kind of, you know, served as, as the, the first, the first, uh, you know, salesperson too. And some of the best entrepreneurs that I know kind of operate under that free framework that regardless of sort of the role, they want to be the first one to do it. Right. So they yes. understand all of the di- dynamics at play, what, what pushback they're going to get, what works well, what doesn't, et cetera before they begin to hand off, you know, some of those, some of those aspects. And again, not possible in every scenario, but usually a a pretty good sort of operating framework is, you know, to your point of like, yeah, no, I'm not going to go hire the first rep. I'm going to be the first rep and really, really get into the trenches, you know? So. And actually for us was, was critical because that's the way that we, we developed first, the first system kind of for gallbladder surgery. But in the use, we figured it out that obesity was our kind of like a beach, Hmm. beach head to the market. And also in these first cases, we conducted some of the cases uh, uh, using also the, the Da Vinci. So that's where we start figuring out that um, if we combine this with other technologies, it has much more bigger value proposition. But all that knowledge it has been on the on the field. So so you have to be, that's why I'm saying that you have to be very close to the users, mm. um, challenge the ideas, ask for honest feedback, because most of the people say, no, oh, this is wonderful because you are the founders. They're like, no, 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 tell me when it works, why we are not using it every day, how we can do it better, so. Yep, yep, good stuff. Hey there, it's Scott, and thanks for listening in so far. The rest of this conversation is only available via our private podcast for MedSider Premium members. If you're not a premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. You'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. This includes conversations with experts like Renee Ryan, CEO of Cala Health, Nadeem Yared, CEO of CVRX, and so many others. As a premium member, you'll get to join live interviews with these incredible medical device and health technology entrepreneurs. In addition, you'll get a copy of every volume of MedSider Mentors at no additional cost. To learn more, head over to MedSiderRadio.com forward slash premium. Again, that's MedSiderRadio.com forward slash premium.